Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the True Opinion Podcast. I'm your host, Adontis, and it is so, so good. It feels so good to be back. Oh, my gosh. I really miss this. I got Anaya here with me. She's being very quiet right now. That'll probably change soon. And I got Amaya here. She's the one making the little cooing noises. She's so cute, y'all. They are eight months old. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I don't remember. When was the last show I did when they were with me and making all that noise? How old they were? I don't know. But they're eight months. And... One of the reasons why the podcast hasn't been back is because I've just been so busy momming. Oh, and I was trying to like, you know, oh, I need to record when it's quiet, nobody around, and this, that, this, and the third. Well, that never happens when you have a family of seven. And I'm like, you know what? If we're going to do this, when the babies are just going to join in. Right, y'all? So they're here. So you'll probably hear them. But... Like I said, it's so good to be back, and so much has been going on since I recorded the last show. I stopped. I I know we did the first episode of a three-part series on the things that destroy marriages and long-term relationships, and the first thing we talked about was kids, and next up was money, and then sex, then things kind of, you know, life. So... I didn't finish that. And because I'm one of those people where, like, I have to finish things, kind of like, I just, it's one of those. I can't leave things undone. It bugs the fuck out of me. So, we're going to finish it. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to put money and sex together now. And we'll finish that. We'll finish it strong. Bring up a lot of good shit. And then next week we can move on into some of the things that have been happening and going on. And just a lot of observations and life shit that I've learned that I've been wanting to share with y'all. I mean, so much content for True Opinion. So, so much. I'm excited. So, let's get into it. All right. You want to get married. I think when I did the series on kids, I kind of had this caveat at the beginning, like, this is the thing that is going to start every conversation about marriage because it's kind of basically just like common sense. You have to have the uncomfortable, hard conversations, especially about these three things, kids, money, sex. You have to have those conversations In the beginning, before you get married, you have to be honest. You have to get all this stuff out the way because if you don't, then, I mean, you're kind of dooming your marriage or your relationship to just kind of fall by the wayside. That's Amaya putting in her two cents, right? She agrees with me. But, so you just have to have these conversations. That's common sense. A lot of uh, places, and mm, well, here... Like when my husband and I were getting ready to get married, when we were going to get married in a church, they have this class that you have to take before you can get married in the church. 
And so many sites and people and professionals uh, recommend marriage counseling before you get married, like a pre-marriage counseling, because everybody, a lot of people, most people recognize the challenges that come with marriage, that come with blending two lives together. And they understand that when you are in the throes of love, when love's got a hold on you and your brain is all clouded with that feel-good love serum that it floods your brain with like you're high, it's hard to have difficult conversations. And it's hard to have uncomfortable conversations. And it's especially hard to have them if you even may have an inkling that your partner doesn't feel the same way or it may be problematic or troublesome. And then you start thinking like, okay, well... We can just uh, fix that later on down the line. No, no, no. No, no. It's best to try to fix it now. Talk about it now. At least know if it is a problem, what the problem is. Try to resolve it. Get it out, get it out the way. Or, you know, you may be faced with the difficult decision to move on. Because if your values... If your lifestyle, if your hopes and wishes and dreams, if the person you are with, if the two things don't align or at least sort of align or if one person is on the completely opposite spectrum of wavelength of you with the important things in life, it may just spell disaster later. So... All of this is to say, if you are out there and you are contemplating getting married, if you are in a relationship, a long-term relationship, or something that's looking like it's long-term, because like I said before, marriage ain't for everybody, and that's fine. But if you want a long-term monogamous relationship, um, before you jump into those things, go talk to somebody, a professional. You and your partner go get some marriage counseling. One or two sessions, it will do you a world of good. It probably won't hurt. And if it does hurt, that means that uh, some issues came out that y'all weren't aware of, and now you have to deal with them. And I tell you what, it is much better to deal with them now before you have spent money made vows and intertwined your life with this other person's and now a judge has to break y'all up it's better to figure this shit out before you do all of that so money as most of y'all can probably guess money is like legit the number one reason why marriages break up now why is that because everybody loves their damn money Uh, that's my text tone for oh my phone oh I ask people to not call or text and then it's always some like alert come through okay anyway people love their money people most people most have worked hard for their money or even if it's family money I mean they just they want it and they want to keep it like when we talked about the child support episode and why it's such a difficult thing it's because you love your kid and you love your money and you don't always necessarily want to give up one so 
What do you do? Okay. Back to the beginning. Have the hard conversations. But when you start dating, you have to look at certain behaviors that the person you're dating exhibits when it comes to money. If you are dating someone, whether if you, a man dating a woman, a woman dating a man, if you're in same-sex relationships, it doesn't matter. The other person, pay attention to how they treat money, how they treat you concerning money. When y'all go out, is one person always paying? Does the other person never offer to pay? Does um, one person try to, if they are paying, do they try to control what you get or what y'all are doing? You know, to, and not just to say to fit their budget, but are they kind of aggressive with it? Like, no, you can't have that. Yes, you can't have that. Or I'm paying, so I'm going to make the decisions about what we're going to eat or what we're going to do without input from you. These are all, we all refer to them as little red flags. And I always say, if somebody is waving a red fucking flag, please pay attention to it. So, sorry, trying to read the text message. Um... Gracious. Um, pay attention to the red flags, please. Pay attention to their money behaviors. When you go to their homes, first of all, if they live with their parent and they are like legitimate adults, I don't mean somebody who is in college or some, I mean, legitimate, like grown as hell, and they live with a parent or their mom or whatever. Why are you doing it? You know what? And and ask them, why do you live here with your mother? If they going to lie about it, make them tell you to lie. Or if they just like legit like shit, mom, mom, dudes, take care of me. I ain't going nowhere. Make them say it. So then you will know what type of person this is and you can decide if you want to kick rocks or if you are going to be like, okay, well, he lived with his mama. That's cool. They ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm going to keep messing around with him or her. Or her, no, you know, this is not just directed toward how men behave with money, but women as well. We all need to pay attention. So, you pay attention to their money behaviors. You see if they are frivolous spenders. You see if they are conservative. You know, in the very beginning, you may not know these things because people kind of may hide a little bit of who they are or they what they feel are their worst traits in the beginning. But if you hang around and pay attention enough, you will start to see all of these things come out. If somebody is cheap as hell, you will realize it. If somebody spends all their money, like their idea of... um how you supposed to budget your money is spending it all up and waiting on the next paycheck like they don't have an idea about savings or whatever you will see all of that so pay attention because they can't hide it another thing money is 
I mean, just for a lack of anything better to say about it, money is definitely the root of all evil. You can tell it's the root of all evil because it breaks up marriages. I mean, marriage is supposed to be so pure and loving and you promise God and you put on a pretty dress and you have a party and money can destroy that. So you have to realize that. And again, I have to stress you have to have these conversations because money is so powerful and it will change people. It will change your relationship. It will change you. So if you are someone who has never had access to money and you get with somebody who has access to money and they are generous enough to spend it on you, sometimes you have to realize, and it is just the truth with men and with women, you will... I'm trying to be sensitive to this. Okay, I'm just going to just put it out there. You're going to put up with shit and you're going to do shit that you probably would not have imagined yourself putting up with or doing if this person was not paying. You see what I'm saying? Money will change you when it's not even yours. You got somebody who is giving you everything you never had, but every now and again, they want to slap you around or they might cheat, or they just may talk to you like shit, or sometimes make you feel like shit, or, you know, it happens, and the person who is doing it, they know that they are doing it, they are using the money to help to manipulate you and control your behavior to what they want it to be, so do not let yourself get in that situation, don't let money change who you are as a person. Don't let money get you in a situation that you feel like you can't get yourself out of. Money will also, it'll have you acting different. It'll have the people around you acting different. You may find, I mean... Every time you meet somebody who has money and they take care of you, it's not going to end up wrong. I'm not trying to say, you know, they always going to treat you a certain kind of way um, to manipulate you. They may treat you like a king or a queen, no strings attached, and it's wonderful. And um, the downside, though, sometimes comes when the people around you may start acting funny or treating you different because they can't see... You coming up and them staying in the same position. And so then you may have to endure attacks on your relationship or on your person, on your the character of the person that you're with. So this is just another thing I just want y'all to be aware of when money comes into play it, it may start it just does such fucked up crazy things it will change the complexity of every relationship that you are in almost if you let it and if you're not paying attention and that can start to erode the relationship you are in from the inside out so be aware of that but back to but money between couples okay so you need to understand this person's credit. 
need to understand your own credit. When you start dating and looking to go into long-term relationships, and I know nobody wants to do this. You think it probably sounds ridiculous. But you should have a picture of what your own financial standing is. You should know your credit score. You should know who your creditors are. You should have a very clear budget. You know what you do and don't spend what you do and don't have the lifestyle you can live. Okay? And when you get into a serious relationship with somebody else, especially if you're going to get married, even if you're moving in together and you're going to start combining your finances and, you know, breaking down who pays for what, you need to know what they have. And if you have somebody who is not willing to share these things with you, then that's probably somebody you want to step away from because either they don't have it and they plan on using your shit or they do have it and they want to keep all their shit and they want to keep you in the dark about what they have. Which, why are you doing that, sir? Or why are you doing that, ma'am? If we get ready to get married or we get ready to live together and combine our lives, why are you trying to hide things from me? That's a whole separate issue, hiding shit and secrets in relationships. But as it pertains to money, it can be very detrimental. And it's just fucking unfair. You can't have one person going all in and being transparent and the other one is hiding things. Especially money. Money, as much as we hate it, it really kind of determines the type of things that you can do sometimes. So have a clear picture of what you bring to the table and know what they bring to the table. And have a standard. If you... Meet somebody, y'all getting all down, you know, you getting into it, you all up in love, and this, that, this, that, and the third, and then you find out they are broke as a joke, or they between jobs, or they spend money frivolously, they want to spend up theirs and spend up yours. If that's not what you want for your life, walk away. It's not going to get any better a lot of people just like with anything else you learn money behaviors you learn to be responsible with money you learn to throw money out the window you learn to be conservative you learn to spend big you learn to shop at the mall you learn to shop at the gucci store you know people learn these money behaviors so if someone has bad money hygiene, let's call it, and you think, okay, well, I'm just going to come in and teach them or I'm going to show them or I'm going to take over the finances and, you know, I'll get it all together. Mm, this is a recipe for disaster. It's not going to happen. You you cannot re-raise people, basically. You can't. This is what they do. This is what they know. So you either have to live with it and what it's going to cause in your relationship, or the simplest thing to do, let it go. Don't get married. Don't combine your finances. And, I, and I'm not saying get married, but don't combine your finances, because that's impossible, and I guess I'm going to say now. <laughs> that's impossible, and if you end up getting divorced, the judge is going to make you come up off your money any fucking way. So... 
keep everything as separate as possible, meaning don't be with this person. If your money behaviors don't line up and that's not something you feel like you can live with without you trying to change them because they're not going to change, then just do not be with them. Save yourself the headache. Um, Also, with money and combining money, I said, you know, if you think that you could just take over the finances and it'll be fine, then you're wrong. You are. You are absolutely wrong. But let's say you meet somebody, your uh, goals and things line up. That's another thing. You have to have financial goals. Share them and see if that person's goals match yours. One person usually will probably be better with managing all the money in the household or whatever. So let that person do it. Decide if you're going to have a joint account. Who is going to contribute what money to the joint account? Exactly what gets paid out of the joint account? And if you're going to maintain your own separate accounts, then you determine if you want to have rules for that, what the rules are. So, for instance, let's say a married couple has a joint account. Each of them decides to contribute 50% of their paycheck to the joint account and from the joint account all household expenses are paid like the rent or a mortgage the utility bills the grocery is bought from the joint account any household repairs you need are bought from the joint account um then you decide are we paying our own separate car notes from the joint account or does that get paid out of the other 50 percent of your paycheck that you kept. Uh, if we want to go on vacation, is that joint account or is that one person pays? Large purchases. Um, your husband wants a new television or your wife wants I want something expensive ladies want. See, I don't like a lot of not I don't like expensive things. It's just um, expensive shoes or expensive handbags. Where does that come from? Does it come from your own money that you keep from your paycheck? Okay, well then, do you have to discuss that with your partner? Because is it fair, like, if I say, okay, 50% of my paycheck I get to keep, and then I spend all of it on whatever I want, and I don't have anything else, and now I'm taking from the joint account to get me through the week for my gas, for my lunch, for if I see something else I want, or I'm asking my husband to give me some of his money that he kept, or, you know, what are the rules concerning your own private money and concerning the joint account? And when are we saving money? Are we saving money? Do we have a joint savings account? Do we have investment accounts what are we doing about retirement all of these things you have to talk about you can't have one person being super responsible and somebody else tricking off all the money unless you just independently wealthy then perhaps that will work for you but if you are working a regular nine to five y'all have a middle class upper middle class existence or whatever You need to have some rules when it comes to 
how things are being spent and what happens with the money that comes into the house. You just do. It keeps things running smoothly. And believe me, it is a drag to talk about. It is a pain in the ass to be like, no, this is the rule and blah, 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 blah. Nobody wants to talk about this stuff. It's fucking annoying and all that shit. But you have to. You just have to. Because if you don't, then you're going to be talking to your attorney about it. And I hate to act like, you know, it'll all just be terrible and end in divorce. But, like I said, money is the number one reason why people get divorced. And even if you don't get divorced behind it, which I hope you don't, you know, it may take a lot of expensive therapy. It may take a lot of counseling with a pastor you may have to meet with a financial advisor or somebody just may just have to give in to the other person which ultimately is not going to make them happy but they may have to do that just to preserve the marriage and that's not fair that's unfair so again I'm going to say it again I'm probably going to say it 500 more times talk about this shit talk about this money shit um, you have to, let's dip back a second into secrets. I know that I was always told, always told, I've heard, you know, a woman should keep some money secret, keep a separate account. Don't tell them everything. Listen, I feel... <laughs> Let me tell you something. Some men are just fucking trash, okay? They just really are. And some are trash and will just run through all your shit faster than you can blink your eyes. Some people are out here really on the come up. They they will play a role. They will pretend. And they just really looking for a come up. And they will do it for years, you know, they will play a role for years, and then they will try to snatch your bag as fast as they can. I understand the logic in it. Protect yourself. That's basically what it's saying. You know, people. that's basically what people tell you as a woman. Make sure you protect yourself. Make sure you have something to fall back on. Even in the old days where... Women didn't work, and they stay home with the kids, and the man worked, you know, and it was probably advised or, you know, skim a little off the top of the household fund, keep something separate. Because if he left you, what would you have? You know, if you were staying home and he was doing all the work and then supporting you, or if you had to pack your shit and leave because this motherfucker starts acting crazy, what were you going to do it with? So I understand the logic of protect yourself. But I also feel like if you go into a marriage with the idea of having an escape hatch or like a parachute, then it almost won't work. You know, like you are saying in case it doesn't work, I'm going to set up this or have this. And I feel like with you putting that in case it doesn't work asterisk in front of or behind I'm getting married I feel like it won't work because you feel like you have 
some sort of, you have a plan, you know, you have a backup and something to fall back on so you don't behave in a way as if you don't. Does that make sense? Like, perhaps you won't be as all in or as committed or when things get hard or you start to argue or whatever, maybe you will be like, you know what, I don't need this shit because I got this over here and I'm gone. You know, maybe you would think that in your head instead of being invested and trying to keep it together because you've removed a little bit of the incentive of, of staying I don't know if I'm coming across clearly. I hope I am. So, you know, so my opinion on this is, I mean, I guess you just have to do what it is in your heart to do. I feel like you shouldn't keep secrets. You shouldn't keep secret accounts. But I understand the logic and the fear that surrounds um, the idea of doing that. But I also feel like if you have that fear, then you shouldn't be getting married. Then maybe you should just date, um, maybe cohabitate, maybe not. It's really not worth the mental stress, honestly. You know, if you, if having that backup if holding on to all your money if making sure you are straight is so important to you that you will go into a marriage kind of deceitful i mean because really that's that's what it is like if if your significant other is keeping some significant assets um secret from you it's deceitful So to go into a relationship and be that deceitful, it's really just not even worth it. Just don't do it. And that way you don't have to be secret about your money. You can just not talk about it and be like, that's my business, and you stay out of it, and our lives are not in a place where you need to know what I have or I even need to know what you have, you know, which is fine, absolutely fine. Just decide what you're going to do. Know what you're going to do. Stay firm on it. And if you're going to make any changes, then understand what those changes could mean. Meaning if you change your mind and you do want to get married to somebody, but you have, you want to keep this a secret, know that, you know, if it ever gets found out, and that's the thing, if the person finds out you're keeping that stuff a secret, they're going to be upset. You know, they're going to be upset because why do you feel like you have to hide something from me? You think I'm going to take from you? You think I'm going to steal from you? Or, or they're going to be like, you know, I'm giving my all. I'm not hiding anything from you, but you're hiding from me. And they're going to be like, you're planning. You have some plan to leave or some plan, some golden parachute for when you do leave. So what does that say about our marriage? Right? So. Just know the consequences. If you're going to do it, know it has consequences. So if you're going to have it, you better have it good. So, furthermore, and more and on and on and furthermore, <laughs> when you talk about money, you have to plan long term. You have to have financial goals. 
And it's much better if those goals align. If you have a certain age you want to retire at, and that's what you're planning toward, and you contribute so much money toward your retirement, understand that, know that, let your partner know that, discuss whether if you want to have... If you want to buy a home, if you want to rent, if you want to buy real estate to have rental properties, you got to know all of these things so that you can make the best, most informed decision, you know, between you and your partner on, uh uh-oh, Amaya's getting restless. What's wrong, Amaya, Amaya? You getting restless? Come on. Come up here. There you go. Yep. So you got to make sure those financial goals line up. And know that if they don't, you may run into a bit of a problem later. So also, and this is really important, before you get married, before you start cohabitating, you're in a long-term monogamous relationship where you have intertwined your destiny with somebody else's, you need to know the law. You need to know if, and I know I just said, if you start thinking about divorce shit, you're going to get divorced, and that's kind of having a, listen, be smart. Be smart in whatever you do. You can be single right now and know all about divorce law in your state because it's just some good fucking knowledge to have, okay? So, point is, know the law and know what you may be required to give up if you get divorced. You know, it's not just, oh, we split everything down the middle. Somebody could end up with a lot more. Understand what's going to happen if one person works and the other person doesn't. Understand child support. Understand how you may have to surrender half of your pension, your retirement savings. Understand all of that. And if you feel like you have significant assets, or even if you just got a little bit that you fought and scraped to get and you can't ever see yourself giving that up well maybe like listen don't get married do not or I mean if you do get married you know I'm really coming down hard on the side of not getting married it sounds like in this episode and that is not the point it is just that money is so complicated and it's such a complicated issue and it's such a just I mean it really it rips apart families like brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts you know you and your best friend can fall out over money anybody can fall out over money even husbands and wives especially husbands and wives and I just want to caution y'all that if you see the signs of this in the beginning please take some steps to either fortify your marriage against it or perhaps don't get married or maybe that person with their financial behavior is just not the person for you because it can 
I mean, it can really have like a detrimental effect. And if you end up getting married and you lose a lot because of the marriage or you have to file bankruptcy or you have to give up a house or a car or you have to give up what you feel like you've worked hard for, it's going to breed feelings of anger and resentment that you may carry with you into the next relationship or just carry around in life and you know that shit it it gets into your body anger and resentment and stress it does something to your body it will cause physical changes in you and that it's really not worth it at the end of the day everybody deserves to be happy and healthy and mentally healthy and if that means not making a choice or putting yourself in a situation where um, you may be taken advantage of, where you may be treated unfairly, where you may be left and have to uh, surrender some of your things, then just don't do it. Just don't do it. Okay? Just don't do it. So, last thing I want to talk about with money is prenuptial agreements kind of been heading toward the prenuptial agreement station on this whole money train since I started. But um, I'm not sure exactly of how prenuptial agreements work. I feel like, and I say that to mean, you know, I know people think only people with money should have them or do have them or, you know, if you ain't got none and I ain't got none, what we need a prenuptial agreement for, I feel like you should be able to have a prenuptial agreement no matter what you have. Because, you know, whereas if you have nothing before you get married, who knows what you may do or what you may have or what you may accomplish. Things you start to accumulate while you are married. And if you get divorced, then you may have to give some of those things up. So, and I mean, and that could just be like, Right now, you have nothing. You go into hair school, and you buy a salon. You build a successful brand. You have multiple salons. I mean, you out there doing your damn thing, and then you get divorced, and now this motherfucker own half your salons or 75% of them, or you have to pay him spousal support from an industry that you built when he was sitting around doing nothing or whatever, or... You know, fellas, if, you know, y'all got married and you didn't have anything and all of a sudden you build a successful brand, you have numerous barbershops or you, I don't know, you fucking ghostwrite for Drake. He always using ghostwriting. I can't stand Drake. Anyway, um, who knows? You can do anything. You can have an idea. You can have an invention. Anything to start making money a lot of money or even just more than y'all had before and then you get divorced and now you got to give up half of it so I would say again investigate the law understand what prenuptial agreements are see you know what you can and cannot put in them it doesn't hurt to get a lawyer and I feel like you know Okay, so maybe I'm going to reverse myself on this. Because like I said, I feel like if you go into it with an agreement 
or like I said about the secret accounts, if you go into it with secrets accounts and things, thinking like, oh, I'm protected. If I want to leave, then you don't have any incentive to stay or make it work. So I think I'm kind of going to go walk back a little bit on that with the prenuptial agreement. Because I... Um, you know, if you if it's something you just really want, I think you should do it. You know, I, I think that's the smartest thing. I think you should do it. That'll probably even be better than the secret account. Because the prenuptial agreement, the person will know you want them to sign it because y'all got to sign it before you get married. They'll know the terms. They'll know the conditions. Everything will be out there on the table. So maybe I'm not reversing myself because it's not a secret. Okay, it's all laid out there for everybody to know. And I feel like if you both love each other, and even though you are getting married and your purest intention is to stay together forever, you are mature enough to realize that shit happens. And forever sometimes just being 15 years or 10 years or even five years for y'all this person at least right now in this moment loves you enough to sign this document so that you feel protected I mean to me love is protection and however my love needs to protect you meaning if I need to love you enough to make you feel like you have this piece of security then I'll do that and it doesn't change the way I feel and it doesn't change the way I operate in the marriage because this protection is in place. And, you know, and it also shows you that if you're trying to protect what you have, that I'm not out here for what you have. I'm here for you. Or if you're trying to protect what you may have, it's just like, well, if our marriage breaks up, you just take your shit and go. I don't fucking care. Uh, I guess that's not right. Because when people's marriages break up, they be mad and be like, I want everything you have because you took years of my life away. I don't know. But what I do know is you got to have an uncomfortable money conversation. You have to pay attention to their money behaviors. Know your financial standing. Know their financial standing. Don't have a secret account. Know the law, though. Know what will happen with assets if y'all break up and you have to start dividing shit. And consider prenuptial agreements if they're appropriate. You know, above all, love with all your heart. But don't be a dummy. And always protect yourself. And protect your partner, too. You know, if you love them, protect them, too. So, now, okay, so that was money. Oh, that was terrible. I, I even hate talking about money. It's so it's so uncomfortable. I think it's so just disgusting and crass to just, you know, have these money conversations all the time. And I, I don't like to discuss money with people. You know, I don't like to talk about what I have and what I don't have and what we have. And, and I just, I don't like it. I think, I just, I don't like it. But... In relationships, it's necessary. So, don't like it, but do it. So now, we have to talk about, let's talk about sex, baby. As these little babies put their slobby hands all over my face. Sex and marriage. So, what am I going to say? 
Well, you have to have the conversations. That's the first thing I always say. You got to talk about these things. If you, okay. I mean, simply, you know, oh, goodness. Marriages do break up because of sex. And not just, and I don't mean like sexual incompatibility. That also means people cheating. And um, sometimes you get a little too freaky and the person ain't with it. And also, you know, things like inviting other people into your bedroom. Threesomes and things of that nature. Like, I just generally think it's, it's not a good idea. Um, some people love it. You know, they, they swing from chandeliers and things and they just, no, I mean, they swing, like, have different partners and, and that's fine for them. Some people may have tried, you know, to have, um, threesomes once or twice in their marriage or whatever and it went fine for them. They did it. It's done. And some people have done it and it has torn their shit apart. I just generally think that the marriage bed is for the man and the woman. I just, you know, inviting someone else into your bed, into your marriage, just doesn't seem like a great idea to me. So, let's walk it back to the beginning. Before you get married, if you are having sex with your partner before you get married, I mean, no judgment, do whatever. Here you are with your vagina and your penis. Um, This is a great time for you to, um, I don't want to be too crass. Let's, I mean, it, it, if you having sex, then you know whether or not you like it, okay? Let me, uh, listen. If it's not good, it's just not good. If the sex is not good, it's not good. This is so uncomfortable talking about this with these little babies here, even though they know nothing of what I'm saying. But anyway, if it's not good, it's not good. And sometimes you will take some not too good sex and just keep your mouth shut. And I'm talking to the ladies because, you know, men have the most fragile egos around, okay? And so you may not want to say anything to him about it because you don't want to hurt his feelings and because you did all this um, screaming and hollering and moaning like it was so good, so now you can't turn around and say it wasn't. And this is the thing. That's why you got to start off being honest with sex, okay? If it's not good, don't be screaming and hollering and moaning like it is. You know, just kind of, you know, keep it quiet. And then afterwards, talk to him about it maybe. Or take um, take control in the bedroom. This is the thing. You should not be having sex if you don't know what it takes for your body to feel good. You should know your body well enough to know what kind of touch, what kind of pressure, what kind of um, speed <laughs> or whatever you need to get you where you need to be. You should know your body well enough 
to be able to guide another person to getting you there. You know what I'm saying? So, for one, if you don't, then turn this podcast off. Go in your bedroom or your bathroom or go somewhere and figure it out. You know, you because you just have to. You have to know your body. It's yours. You should know what makes it feel good. So, you know what makes your body feel good? And your partner is not doing it consistently. Because, you know, every time you, you may not get to the promised land every every single time. Okay. And maybe one time out of ten, it's like, oh, that's okay. You know. But if you consistently not getting there, then it's time to do something different. Because getting married does not mean... Yes, you sacrifice in marriage, but this is not something you should sacrifice. This should be the easiest part of your marriage. When y'all make love, that that should be a no-brainer because that should always be hot and heavy. Actually, it should be the problem because it's so good that it fucking clouds your brain for the reason why you starting to hate this motherfucker. So that that shouldn't be it shouldn't be that hard. You know, you should be having satisfying love-making sessions consistently or at a frequency that is desirable to you and your partner. Um, and like I said, that shouldn't be the problem. So if it is a problem, here's what... And this is not one of the things where I'm like, if it's such a big problem, don't get married. No, no, no. If it's not an issue of like weird sexual shit that you're not down with y'all just you know it just seems like kind of maybe the groove is off a little bit and like I said you're not getting there every time or it's a little boring or he kind of not doing what you like that can almost easily be solved if y'all both are open to it maybe whichever partner is not being satisfied the way they want take a little bit of control in the bedroom just do it don't ask permission don't wait. Okay, well, maybe not. Just do it. If a certain kind of position, a certain kind of touch or whatever gets you there, you need to maybe guide his head, guide his hand, or take control, do it like you want so you can get what you need. And it'll be sexy. And it'll be fine. So do that, okay? Now, it... <laughs> Amaya's looking at me like, what are you telling people to do? Don't listen. Don't listen, Maya Maya. I'm not talking to you, obviously. No. You don't listen. You just sit there and look adorable. Um, so that that's easy fix. If that is the problem, that can be an easy fix unless you have somebody that is not willing to listen. Okay, and so now that's another kind of problem. And Maybe you need to try a little bit of counseling for that. Or you need to figure out why is it they are not open to having this very necessary conversation. I mean, it shouldn't be embarrassing. You're not trying to um, make anybody feel bad or strip a man of his manhood or not make her not feel like a woman because she can't satisfy you or whatever. It is, sex is important. It is very important in a marriage. And both parties should be satisfied. So have that talk. Take control in the bedroom. Tell 
the other person explicitly what you like. And don't do it while y'all are in the throes of passion sometimes. Have these talks outside of your lovemaking time. You know, ask what's your, do you have a fantasy? Or, you know, what do you like about our lovemaking? What would you like for me to do differently? Don't say, what don't you like? Say, what would you like for me to do differently? And when you ask him what does he like or you ask her what does she like, be open to listening to the answer and then actually try to do it. And if it seems like you're not doing something well, tell that person, teach me. There is like nothing sexier than like teaching somebody how to satisfy you. You are in control, right? And this person is living for your pleasure. Think of it if you are a man or a woman and you feel offended by this conversation or, you know, you feel a certain kind of way, maybe you need to refocus your thinking about the whole idea and don't get offended by it. Reframe it as I'm teaching them to satisfy me. It's like, you have a little sex in a per- personal sex slave. Did I say sex in a personal slave? Oh, Lord. Sex, personal sex worker that you have (laughs) that you're married to is only yours and they are specifically calibrated for your body for your pleasure doesn't that sound amazing so do that okay so you have that now we have okay now sex can go into some dark places if there are things that you are not comfortable with that you don't like then don't do those things. Sex should not be, I'm telling you, it should be like the the act or whatever. should not be stressful. It should be the least stressful thing in your marriage. So if someone is asking you to do things that you are not comfortable with, then you definitely have the right to and you should say no. And if this is happening before you get married, then it's probably because, you know, it's the thing. If it's something that they like but you're uncomfortable with, you don't want to do it, then that needs to be investigated. Because if this is something that they're going to like to do or they have done or this is part of their sexual repertoire and they, they need this, that may be a problem later. So this is where you have to have an honest conversation and you have to look within yourself and see if, one, if this is something you're going to start to do to satisfy them. And if it's not, and it's okay if it's not, then you need to say, okay, well, we are not sexually compatible, and perhaps we need to walk away. Because if you are not sexual com- sexually compatible, if one person desires something that their partner is unwilling, unable to give, the logical progression of the situation is that they're going to seek it outside of the marriage. And then you get into infidelity. And then you get into divorce court sometimes. Or you get into prolonged, year-long affairs or multiple affairs. And that's just, that's disgusting unfair, and dangerous. So you don't want that. 
So before, I mean, so many situations sometimes you can avoid if you use a, just your sight. You know, if you just pay attention to what's going on around you, what's going on in your relationship, you can see these things and you can avoid the heartache of them. And that is totally one of them. If you aren't willing to do some things sexually that your partners say they need, then let it go. Listen. Please listen to this part. Real life is not fucking Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? Uh, What's this girl's name? Is it Anna? Yes. Anna was not with that dominant submissive shit, okay? She wasn't with it. She didn't want it. She wasn't with it. And he tried to present it to her like it's a contract, it's a business deal, like you have to do this, we can go through, you know, um, the paperwork and cross out things you don't want to do with A, B, C, and D, and then you agree to it and whatever, whatever. And yeah, she did all that, but even once she agreed to it, she wasn't with it. She ain't like it. She didn't want that, okay? And in the real world, because that is a book and a movie, Listen, in the real world, people don't end up married happily ever after to some fucking billionaire and having amazing, risque kind of sex. In the real world, you don't want to do it and they either make you do it or they go out and find somebody that will. So life is life is not Fifty Shades of Grey, meaning in the sense of she didn't want it and then she ended up kind of getting with it you know like tweaking the parameters of what he was asking and shit and then they found some happy medium and they lived happily ever after that is not always life and if that is going to be your life then you certainly can figure that shit out before you get married do you I mean if you pay attention to the movie before they got married Christian had changed his ways and his behaviors with Anna because she wasn't with that shit. So even there, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of truth to it. If somebody is going to change, you can make those changes before you commit to them. You don't have to get married and then be like, okay, now they're going to be different. No, no, no. If they was asking you this shit before y'all got married, they're going to continue to ask for it. Now, we know people do change after you get married. So... If y'all had a perfectly normal, fine sex life, and then you get married, and your significant other starts asking you to do things that you don't like, you're not comfortable with, you aren't willing to do. All right. So here's the first thing. You have to figure out, like, what is what. They can ask you things that maybe um, you've never, to do things you've never done before sexually. And so you decide if, okay, is this something I want to try? And then you have things that are just off the table. Like if they say, you know, can we role play? There's nothing wrong with role playing. It may be a little outside of your comfort zone because you've never done it before. But that's probably something you could try. If they want to try some handcuffs or a little bit of light restraint or something. It may be a little out of your sexual comfort zone, something you haven't tried before, but, you know, within reason, with talking about it, that's something we could try. I may like that. 
if they start getting into using um, bedroom aids and that's something you never done before, you don't think you would be comfortable with it, talk about it. Tell them. I've never done that. Um, I'm not sure if it's something I want to do, but let's talk about it. Let's agree on something. Let's go shopping together. Tell me what you plan to do with it, and then we can try it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't have to continue. Um, If it starts to get... um, humiliating um if it gets very you know some people have fetishes and things if your significant other has some sort of fetish you aren't comfortable with if it involves anything like i said that makes you feel bad humiliates you um then that's not something you want to do either because like i said sex should not be Difficult. This should not be the hard part of your marriage. And if the thought of making love to your partner um, brings you stress, makes you feel a certain way, if it has you crying, uncomfortable, then that's a problem. Amaya is really getting upset. Why are you so upset, Maya? Maya? You got something to say? No. Um, yeah, so if it's, it makes you that uncomfortable, then no, you, you can't do it. And y'all have to figure something out. And so now, you know, we get into um, threesomes and foursomes and other things that are completely off the table for you. They are your deal breakers. Then no, don't do it. No, you cannot... You can't compromise yourself. This is marriage is completely about compromise. But something that makes you feel that bad or you are that uncomfortable with, like inviting somebody else into your bed, having a threesome, if that's what it is, or you know, having multiple partners or your husband say, I wanna watch you with something else, or your wife wants to watch you make love to a best friend or something. If that ain't what you want, you say no. You don't compromise on that. You can't have have sex with a, a stranger. There is no compromise. And if you need to say no, then say no. If somebody is making you feel like you have to do these things to keep your marriage together, then y'all may be headed for divorce because that is not the type of ultimatum you should ever give anybody. You know, I've heard people say, you know, their partner would tell them, well, this is what I like. This is what I have to do. This is what I like. So if you can't do that, then I'm going to go. And my response to that is, you should have told me that's what you like before we got married. So I could have sent you on your way so you could go and do that without wasting my fucking time. And if they did tell you that that's what they liked before they got married and you married them anyway, shame on you. Because now you have put yourself in a situation where you're going to have to get divorced. You're going to have to live separated forever, which that's a fucking drag. I don't know why people do that. Like, either be together or get divorced. Don't be we separated for 20 years. What the fuck is that dumb shit? Or you're going to have to sit in this marriage and pretend like you don't know when he's leaving out the house what he's going to do because you won't do it. You did that to yourself. So... Like I said, 
Have the conversations. It is important to everybody, men and women, it is important that you be honest about everything sexual. Whether or not you like protection, what kind of protection, if y'all going to be using it, um, the kind of sexual appetite you have, if you like it frequent, if you're not that frequent, if you like foreplay, if you hate foreplay, what can you like, what can you don't like, what you're willing to do, props and stuff, that's fine, but, you know, don't bring no whips and chains. and Talk about it all, okay? All of it. Now, like I said, sex does not just involve... Well, sex breaking up marriage is not just the sex you have with your partner. It's unfortunately sometimes the sex your partner has with somebody else, meaning they cheat on you. That is terrible. I cannot imagine the pain that one would feel from finding out that their husband or wife has cheated on them. It is, you know, in my opinion one of the worst betrayals that a person can suffer. Um, Because when you get married, and, you know, I take vows, I've said this before, I take vows very seriously. And you promise, it's right there in the vows, you promise not to do this. You promise to the person in front of your friends and family, you promise to God you swear on it that you won't do this. So for you to turn around and do it and break your vows to go back on your work, that is, to me, is is completely unacceptable. It is an offense worthy of you winding up divorced. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you to do if your spouse cheats on you. You just kind of, that's the situation you just have to kind of play by ear. No matter how much you rehearse it in your head, no matter how much you think, no matter what kind of conversations you have, until it happens, and I hope it never, ever does, you don't know how you're going to react. What I can say is cheating is rarely just... it's rarely the fault of the person being cheated on. So don't allow yourself to be made to feel like it was something you did not do. Even if it's something you weren't doing sexually, your partner still has an obligation to you. Um, to be honest, to be true, to be faithful. So, I don't, that's, you know, I had this, when I planned this episode out, I had this whole thing I was going to say about cheating, but now that I'm here, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, cheating, that's, that's terrible. Cheating is, is really terrible. And I don't, I, none of what I plan to say is really appropriate because you don't know what you're going to do until it happens. And as far as sex goes, you know, I can just say, if you plan to stay, if y'all work it out after one party has cheated, part of that process, I think, would be, um, be you know, being honest and knowing what y'all are in for or what may have happened. Meaning, 
if you got cheated on, did you ask, did they use protection? Um, the person that you cheated with, like what? Do they have anything? Do you know? Of course, nobody cheats with somebody they know is infected with anything. But, you know, is this somebody you've had continuous relations with? Or is you got a rotation going on or whatever? Like, how unprotected am I? And do I need to get myself checked out for any number of things? Because that's not only the betrayal of your love and your vows and your marriage, but you putting... No, I'm not. But you putting your partner's health and life at risk, you know? So just be honest about um, whether or not you use protection, whether or not your partner should be tested for anything. And, um, you know, it's just a possibility that you may have some babies coming into the house. That's, that's a whole nother podcast, I tell you. But... Basically, what I want to say about sex and making sure sex doesn't break up your marriage is make sure you're sexually compatible. If you're not, get sexually compatible. Have an honest conversation about what you like and what you don't like. Um, if you find yourself married and your partner wants to do some out some shit that you find outlandish, you're going to have to decide whether it's something that you can do or can try or if it is a absolute no bottom line deal breaker and then you may be left to deal with some consequences or fallout from that and I mean you know that's it that's it I feel like I should have more to say about sex because sex is so important but I think it's just kind of basic like don't cheat make sure you are doing what you can to satisfy your partner listen to their bodies listen to their mouths when they tell you what they like and then try to do that and if you find, if you are having sex before you get married and you find that it's absolutely not working, y'all are incompatible sexually, oh, you just may have to let it go. Because sex is a very big part of life. And who wants to walk around never having an orgasm? Nobody. Nobody at all. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. These babies are getting restless. They like, what are you talking about, lady? We've been sitting here with you for an hour. What is happening? So I got to get out of here. This was so much fun. I'm so glad we finally finished the series on the things that break up marriages and long-term relationships. This is a new year. We can get into some new things. I cannot wait. I'm going to, you know, I'm thinking of maybe changing up the format a little bit. Um, I know I'm going to have my husband come on for a couple joint episodes and y'all can see firsthand the craziness that is our marriage. I mean, it's crazy, but I love him to the moon and back. Um, some interesting topics. I mean, so, oh my gosh. I mean, y'all know so much has happened. Listen, I started and ended a lock journey. So I got all these thoughts on hair and beauty and beauty standards and just, you know, personal like service, service industries, beauticians and locticians and all that shit. Uh, parenting. I got a 13 year old. 
ugh, in eighth grade. So, uh, yes, a lot of stuff on parenting. I think we got kids in almost like every freaking age bracket. So we are, we doing it all. And it's amazing, right, y'all? Right? But, yeah, politics, celebrities, food, weight loss, everything. We're talking about it all this year on True Opinion. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing, y'all. Make sure y'all stay tuned. Come back for the episodes. Rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. Visit the website, trueopinionpodcast.com. Visit me on show on so on social. I cannot talk. After an hour, my mouth just becomes mush. I cannot talk anymore. Visit me on social media. That's Instagram and Twitter, True Opinion Show on Twitter, True Opinion Podcast on Instagram, I believe. My uh Instagram is so cute. It's you know, it's a little podcast stuff. It's pictures of the family i crochet and i podcast it's crochet shit it's podcast and stuff it's cute babies it's everything it's just everything so visit me everywhere let's talk all right y'all that's it bye